Hello and welcome to C3 City Light Podcast. You'll find us here in Raleigh until all are awakened to the light and love of Jesus. We hope that you find this message encouraging. For more information, check us out at C3CityLight.com or on social media at C3 City Light. My name is Stuart, and I have the privilege of being the lead pastor here at C3. We're connected with the family of churches, Christian City Church C3, all over all over the world. There's close to, well, I guess it's a little bit over 600 churches now, and we're about 42 years old as a movement. So that's C3. Um, we're nine months old, this location, and um, man, my wife and I are so excited to see what God's doing in the lives of so many people right here in this church, but also in this city. And so if it's your first time, just want to welcome you, want to echo everything that Gadiel and Whitney shared. Just, we love you. We're glad you're here. You made our day when you walked in the door this morning, and we're glad you're here. Um, if you've got your calendar, I don't know about you, but like me, I work best when I got a calendar. And so I put all sorts of reminders, all sorts of things in there. Block off November the 17th. November the 17th is two Sundays away. And so we are having Vision Sunday. We're calling it Vision Builder Sunday. And we're going to share a little bit about where we've been in the past year, but where we're going in this upcoming year. And we've got a real distinct word from the Lord just to share. Can't wait to just impart that to you, give that to you guys. Because I'm going to tell you, this is not my church. God have mercy on us if this is my church. right? This is our church. And it's all of our house. And every single week we build a house. We build the house of the Lord where people can come in and find their destiny and their purpose and connect with the Lord for all eternity, man. And it starts every single Sunday, Sunday morning. People come in here and meet the Lord. And so... Vision Builder Sunday's coming up November the 17th. You do not want to miss it. Man, we believe in this so much. We've hired out childcare. So all of our kid workers that might be in here today but typically are in there, they get a break. They get a break. They get to come in here and be a part of what's going on. And uh, just, I don't want you to miss that. So block that out November 17th and come join us. All right. Today we're starting a new series called Forgotten Pillars. I had the privilege of going to UNCW, and I'm going to crack a dead joke. I use this joke way too much. UNC Wonderful. Maybe you were wondering what the W stood for. It's UNC Wonderful. And so I went to school down there, and I'll never forget how confusing the first week was. It was just confusing because every building looks the exact same. It was built with this um, Gregorian style of architecture with the huge white columns in front, and then it was brick. And every single building looks like that except for the gym. And that's got some columns with some glass. It looks different. But so I could find the gym, and then that was it. And the cafeteria, that was it. That's all you need in college, right? No. Every single building looked the exact same. Brick with white columns. Like, help a player out, man. Like, I know you got a little placard with a different name, but every building looks the same. Like, can we paint one brown and one black and just one white? Like, go to the white building. Oh, okay, got it. Go to the black building. Got it. Like, no, every single building on that campus is brick with white columns, white pillars. And so, but the pillars were so beautiful. It was beautiful. I hated it for the first week. Once I figured out what I was doing, I could get, all right, ah, ah, Gregorian style. Okay, I like it, right, with the pillars. And now I'll find myself, like, feeling nostalgic if I go to a place with that type of architecture. It's almost just like, ah, Like, to me, that's the look of academia, right? It's not the library. It's the pillars, man. It just classes up the joint. Love the pillars. But pillars are so important in our lives. And over the next three weeks, we're going to look at these forgotten pillars. You know, a pillar provides structure. It's really important for the structure of a building. But it's also like an ornament. Like, it classes it up. 
Come on, man. You walk in and you see some nice marble pillars. You're like, this place is legit. Like, all right. Like, okay. We in Vegas, like the Venetian or you know what I mean? We're like, okay, okay. We're at the White House. We got, it's, it, it just classes it up. So it's structurally important, but th- there's a beauty. There's an attractiveness. There's, there's something that happens when you see that pillar. You're just like, man, that's like attractive. Like, I want to go check that building out. That building's got a story. It's got a history. Well, all of us have pillars of virtue in our life. And I'm convinced the more that I just wake up in the morning and have a new day, I'm convinced that there's these virtues in our lives as a culture, as a society that are getting forgotten. And this isn't like, oh, the world's going to hell in a hand, but this ain't that. I just noticed that like our generation, my parents' generation, my grandparents' generation, I just, I see the decline. There's these virtues of honor, of integrity, of gratitude. There's these virtues that a lot of those generations just got passed down to them and they lived it, they walked it. And somehow or another, I don't know if that handoff has been made to my generation, you know, like that honor. I was speaking with this couple from, um, I think they grew up in upstate New York and uh, they're, they're an older generation. And I was talking to them and I just kept saying, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Miss this, Mr. That. And they were just like, honey, you got to stop it with the Mr. and the Mrs. and the yes, ma'am and no, ma'am and the yes, sir. And no. I was like, I can't do it. I was raised in the South and my parents would have got on me if I didn't say that. Like they taught me from like, you got to honor people. Today we're talking about honor. I'm convinced that there's a forgotten pillar it's a forgotten pillar. It's something that's just been forgotten. It's just something that's just maybe the moss has grown up, the ivy's overgrown and taken it, and there's something going on in our generation where we don't know how to honor people. You know, if you travel or you get in and out and you go to different places or meet different people from various cultures, honor is so important all around the world. In Korea or in Japan, they'll, they'll greet you in the little bow, and i never forget, in Korea, they always will bring you a gift. India is the same way. We had friends from India, and they came to visit us in Dallas, and they brought a gift, and it just it, it wasn't much, but it was thoughtful, and it was so it was just honoring, and well spoken, and just such a position of honor. And I see all over the world, people just want to honor, and that's just culturally how they do it. And in America, like we're so relaxed when it comes to honor. What'd you do for me, man? I don't know you. Get out of here. Like, I don't know you. Like, what you want me to honor you for? Like, I don't know. And it was just different. So I'm convinced that this is a, a structure and an attractive ornament of the building of our lives that God wants to rebuild, a pillar of honor. I think sometimes we get so, we just get so comfortable. You know, we just get so comfortable that we lose honoring. And so today's Bible verse, the scripture reading we're looking for is Mark chapter 6. Verses 1 through 4. And as you're looking for that, as you're finding that in your phone or your Bible, I mean, just kind of set it up. Jesus was returning to his hometown. Like, this wasn't where he was born. This is where he grew up, and he's returning there. Um, He had been there a year prior to this visit, and he was kind of run out of the town because people were threatened to kill him. He just, he wasn't received well. So a year later, he's coming back. And uh, it was like this, over this year, he was like a teaching tour, if you will. Like, he was going around, like we would do with book deals. He wasn't a book signing, but it was a tour. And he was teaching. He had turned water into wine. He had taught God's world, all sorts of miracles. He had raised the dead. He had opened blind eyes. Deaf ears had been healed. He had multiplied the fish and the loaves. Like, come on. Like, he's, it's pretty impressive. And he's coming home. Y'all ran me out of town. We did great things. Now I'm coming back. He's coming back. He's coming home. 
And as soon as he gets in his hometown, something's off. And that's where we pick up today. Mark 6, chapter, uh, verse 1. Chapter 6, verse 1. Here we go. Jesus left there and went to his hometown, accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many who heard him were amazed. Where did this man get these things? They asked. What's this wisdom that has been given to him that he even does miracles? In verse 3, something changed. Wait a minute. Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Jesus said to them, only in his hometown among his relatives and in his own house is a prophet without owner, without honor. The word, the Greek word he used there without honor is atimos, to dishonor, to treat as common or ordinary. Here's Jesus, the son of God, water in the wine, dead people raised, blind eyes open, deaf ears multiplied, the fish and the loaves. This is Jesus. Everywhere he's going, he's receiving honor. And he comes back to his hometown where people watched him grow up and there's no honor. They treated them as common or ordinary. If we're not careful, when we don't learn to honor people, we shut things down that God wants to do. We shut it down. And the opposite of what he says there for honor, to me, to value, respect, highly esteem, to treat as precious, weighty, or valuable. Jesus, everywhere he was going, there was such a level of honor and faith that miracles were being released. Come on, the lady had so much faith, she touched the hem of his garment, healed. It's honor to me. He was treated as precious, weighty, valuable, just, just so valuable. If I'll just touch him, if I'll just touch him, honor brings faith. But if we're not careful, if we begin to get common or treat something as ordinary, it loses honor. It loses that value. And we begin to treat it common and we dishonor it. it the faith gets lacking. The faith gets disconnected when we begin to dishonor We will get the best out of people and situations if we will learn to approach it with honor. And so today we're going to break down that. What does honor look look like? Who should get honored? How do we do that? But I'm telling you, honor has a lot in common with grace. None of us deserve grace. None of us deserve to have our sins blotted out. And Jesus gave it freely, the same way we're supposed to freely give honor. We're supposed to freely give the best, believe the best. Look, just like we receive Christ's unconditional love, we want to give honor unconditionally. There's no limit on honor. There's no shortage, no scarcity of honor. We want to freely position our heart with everything we've got just to just give it, just to just give honor. Honor is given. Respect is earned. It's different. It's different. You can lose respect like that. You can lose respect like that. Man, I'll, you know one of the quickest ways I lose respect in people? This is probably too honest, but maybe we can delete this, Brandon, out of the podcast. Thanks. I'll lose respect like this, man. If I'm, you say, Hey, I'm going to meet you at 12 o'clock. All right, cool. I will be there at 11.55 because being on time is being five minutes early. Somebody just give me an amen, man. Being on time is being five minutes early. I'm on an island by myself. But that's the way you honor someone, right? Like, I'm going to honor your time, so I'm going to position myself and 
Move whatever I got to move around to be there five minutes early. That's on time, right? Because I want to honor you. And then someone will roll up at like 1230 or 12.05 or just late. And I'm just like, dude, that's so disrespectful to me. Come on, man. Like, let's be better. Like, let's respect each other enough. But I'll lose respect for people real quick when they show up late because it's like, all right, you're not taking this serious. But, I mean, there's grace, right? Like, oh, you had a flat tire. Okay. Or, oh, man, you, okay, you got tied into a meeting. All right, I get that. But over time, you start to see that cycle. It's like, man, I don't feel like you're respecting me. So I want to lose respect. But respect is different than honor. It's not the same. Respect is a feeling of deep admiration for someone or something elicited by their abilities, qualities, or achievements. It's this type of thing where, man, that's respectable. Like, I respect that. Like the way Nick, Nick Bannister is a great husband that Amanda, that's respectable. Like, I respect that. It's like, man, he honors her. He treats her with respect. Let me get that door for you. I respect that, right? But it's because I see this behavior, and I'm like, man, I want to be like that. Like, that's respectable. Like, all right. But honor's different. Honors, you're created in the image of God. You didn't do anything to be created in the image of God. You just were. And I see God in you, and I see your potential and what you could be in your destiny. Why? Because you're made in the image of God, and I honor that. You didn't do anything for it. You didn't work for it. You just woke up in the morning. Hey, good job. You woke up this morning. You were made in the image of God. There's something honorable about you and own your life. It's different, though. I'm telling you, our society's got it twisted. It's almost now like when you're honorable, I'll treat you with honor. And that's not how it works. Honor's like grace. Whether you deserve it or not, I will treat you honorably. Why? Because it elevates everybody in the room. You want to get the best out of somebody? Honor them. Honor them with your words. Honor them with your behavior. Honor them with your attitude. Don't talk flip it to them. Honor them. And I watch them rise to the surface. That's what God did in our life with grace. None of us deserve grace. If we were waiting around to get our life in order enough to receive God's grace, we'd still be waiting. But once he gave us his grace, it just raised our life up. Now we're made in the image of Christ. Now we got the identity of Christ. It's no longer the old man that lives. He's dead, and now I'm alive in Christ. And just because we've received this grace, we live differently. He elevates us. Honor elevates us. But it's not when you act honorably, I'll treat you with honor. It's I'm going to give you honor. I'm just going to give you honor. But I'm telling you, as you begin to honor people, watch out what's going to happen. They'll start to live honorably. As we start to give out honor freely, watch everybody around you start to rise and just start to live in an honorable way. So if we pick up the story in verse 5, this is what happened. Because there was no honor there, this is what happened. Verse 5, Jesus could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their lack of faith. A lack of honor will always limit faith. There's a correlation. When we begin to get commonplace and, all oh, that's just ordinary, it will limit what God wants to do. That's why when we come into a worship experience and we feel the presence of the Lord, man, we want to honor God. We don't want to take that for granted. Come on, I've been to some churches that didn't feel like that. I don't want to take that for granted. Oh, man, the presence of the Lord is here. Like, we know that God's everywhere, right? He's, om- he's omnipresent. He's everywhere. He has no end, no beginning. He's everywhere. But there's something special when we come into his presence. And we've got an awareness of his thereness. And he's here. And we want to honor it. And as we honor it, it raises a level of faith to everybody in the room. 
God is here. We can receive. God is here. We can just give him honor, give him praise. Why? Because he's worthy. That's what worship's all about. It's just giving worth. I'm giving value to God because he's worthy. He's worthy of everything. But that's not what happened when Jesus went to his hometown. It said Jesus could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their lack of faith. I mean, I want to amaze Jesus. I'm all for that. Let's amaze the Lord, but in a good way. Like not like, oh, my goodness, these jokers are so dead. They got zero faith. I can't. Ah! It didn't say Jesus wouldn't. It said he couldn't. I don't understand that. Like, he can do everything. Like, I don't get that. But it's in the Bible. And the language matters, right? Words matter. Jesus could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their lack of faith. He was probably excited. I'm going back to my hometown, get to see my homies, get to go back. Man, I'm going to go to that diner. They always had the best French fries. I'm going back. Ah, I'm sure he was pumped. And then he gets there, and there's zero faith in the place. Wait a minute, wait a minute, hold up. They were all excited. The first three verses, they're excited. He's teaching. Who is this teaching? Whoa, where did he get this wisdom from? Wait a minute. And they took offense. Isn't that Mary and Joseph's boy? Isn't that James's brother? In fact, aren't his sisters here? Shut it down. Dishonor. Wait a minute, this is common. Wait a minute, this is ordinary. Where's the reverence? Where's the respect? Where's the faith? It shut it down. And the Bible doesn't say that Jesus wouldn't. It says that Jesus couldn't do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few people. Man, I don't get this. I don't know why he couldn't because he's God. He's the son of God. Like, I don't know why he couldn't. But I know that there's a level that what God wants to release, and it's limited to what we can receive. And when we're struggling with the lack of faith and we're treating everything as ordinary and common, it just shuts down what God can do. we got the perfect will of God. It's his desire that none would perish, but all would have eternal and everlasting life, right? Whosoever would believe, right, would be saved. That's the perfect will of God. But, hey, is it reality that everybody's going to heaven? No, Bible's clear about that. So there's a perfect will of God, but then there's like what actually happens. And prayer and faith are important to get to that place to receive all that God wants to do. And if we're going to do that in our lives, we got to learn to be honorable. We got to learn to give out honor. We got to learn to have a culture of honor that believes the best, that empowers people. Hey, you're a powerful person. I'm a powerful person. Let's have a relationship together. Let's connect together. We both are going to treat each other with honor and respect. Let's go. And when we begin to do that, we see the best in people. We see the best in them. Oh, man, you're made in the image of God. There's nothing impossible for you. I'm going to treat you like that. And everybody around us begins to elevate. So who are we called? Who are we called to honor? I know this is a forgotten pillar, but I'm believing as we look at these structures, as we look at this back in the Bible, it's going to begin to be a structure in our life. These pillars that God's going to either build up in our life, repair in our life, or at least get the moss off of it. So who are we called to honor? Number one, our parents. 
I know, it's so unpopular to say stuff like that. Our parents, number one, we are called to honor our parents. Exodus 20, verse 12. Honor your father and your mother so that you may live a long life in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Just, just honor your mother and father. I know, but man, I go to the mall sometimes or I'll go to the grocery store sometimes and I'll just see kids getting crazy with their parents. I'll see high schoolers getting crazy with their parents. And, okay, come on, we all were teenagers once, right? So we did this too. So we can't just like, oh, you're terrible. We were all terrible at some point. Dealing with all those emotions, dealing with all those hormones, dealing with change, dealing with testing boundaries, right? Like we all did that. But I'm telling you, thank the Lord that we all survive our, our teenage years and make it on the other side of it, right? But this isn't just for teenagers not honoring their parents. I'll never, man, we were at the grocery store the other day, and I'm with the girls, and they're small. And I saw some, like, I don't know, high schooler mouthing off to his mom, and I was like, ooh, she's about to get him. Like, she's about to get him. Take your shoe off. Just get him. He just needs it. Just, just get him. Throw your shoe at him. And she, he just, just straight up punked the mom. And she just, okay, kept going. I was like, I was waiting for a fight. I was like, oh, it's going down. She, did you, he just said you won't. Like, you know, I was like. Nothing. It was just so dishonoring. Like I just, oh, it broke my heart, right? It broke my heart. I can only imagine what it does to the heart of God. You know, when we dishonor. But this isn't just isn't for kids or for teenagers. This is for all of our life. Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land of the Lord your God is giving you. This gets complicated, right? Because come on, man, our parents are human just like us. They need grace and forgiveness just like I do, just like you do. So what happens? How in the world are we supposed to honor our father and mother when they do us wrong? How are we supposed to honor our father and mother when they're the reason we're in counseling with some baggage? Too real, too real, okay. But how? They disappointed us. They let us down. They betrayed our confidence. They betrayed our trust. They said they were going to do it, and they didn't do it, and they let us down. How are we supposed to honor our father and mother? It's just like grace. Did God stop giving us grace when we blew it? (laughs) Gave us more. Gave us more because we needed it. Now, I'm not talking about respect. I'm not talking about boundaries. I'm not talking about that stuff. That's different. I'm talking about the position of our heart. You are my father. You are my mother. I'm going to treat you with honor. I'm going to treat you as what you are, valuable, precious, esteemed. And when you open your mouth and speak, it matters. I'm listening. I honor you. Now, I might disagree with what you're saying. The advice you might be giving me might be completely bogus, but I'm going to be honorable and I'm going to listen. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Yes, sir. No, sir. Thank you for sharing that. I'm sure that took a lot of courage to speak that. Thank you. Appreciate it. Have a great day. And then when you get home, oh, no, that was terrible advice. But I don't have to be disrespectful and rude, right? You're my father. I honor you. You're my mom. I honor you. You're valuable. What you say has weight. Our relationship's important. I'm here. Okay. Now, we can disagree later, but we don't have to be jerks about it, right? Honor. Who else are we supposed to honor? We're supposed to honor our parents. The Bible's clear about that from Exodus. Who else? Oh, this is going to get worse. You thought the first answer was bad. This is going to get really bad, especially now. Number two of who we're supposed to honor, those in authority. 
You had me, Pastor, until you started talking about authority. That cop had it coming. That senator had it coming. Did you see what President Trump tweeted? He had it coming, right? And we'll, And that's not it at all. But my teacher had it coming. My boss, did you see what my boss said to me? You see the way they lead? I can't honor. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says honor those in authority. In Romans chapter 13, verse 1, the Bible, Paul says, all authority has been given by God. All authority has been given by God. And then in response to that, Romans 7, 13, 7, give everyone what you owe him. If you owe him respect, then respect. If honor, then honor. You don't have to agree with your boss to honor them. You don't have to agree with our senators or our mayor or our President Trump. You don't have to agree with them to honor them and to honor that position, that office. You don't have to agree with your teacher or your coach or your boss to honor them. That position of authority that they're in is important to your life. God put them in place. No, but you don't understand, Pastor Stewart. If my boss was good, I would honor them. I'm telling you right now, if you want to be the boss one day, you better learn to be under. You have to learn to be under before you'll ever be over anybody. It's about a position of honor. It's about that position. At this church, we got overseers. We got oversight. They look at our budget. They look at our finances. Um, they look at they just they look at all of it. Regularly get phone calls. Hey, Stuart, um, how are you in April doing? How are the kids? How what's going on? How's the church? Regularly, they're involved in my life. Why? Well, one, because it would be really crazy to start a church without oversight. Like, I'm 34 years old, figuring it out, right? But we've got oversight and overseers and elders that have more life experience. And you better believe that when they speak, we honor them. God has put them in authority over our church, over our lives. So that means we tell them the truth. How's your wife doing? How's your family? Man, some days I want to kill my three-year-old. Okay, you're totally normal. Don't worry about it. (sighs) Pray for me. No. But, you know, like just life. And there's a place where we can be honest with why? Because we honor them, not because of them, but because God put them in place in the life of our church. So we want to honor them, treat them with respect. We want to honor them. They're in authority. I recently got a great opportunity to test this out if, I'm, if I honor police officers, state troopers to be exact. <laughs> Coming back from Lake Gaston, the girls were quiet. They were asleep. April was, I think, asleep, if I remember right. If not, she was on the phone and quiet, and I thought she was asleep. And I'm just, like, getting it. It was a country road. It felt good. I'm just kind of, I didn't even realize I was speeding. I really didn't. And he didn't even turn the siren on. He just put the light on. And I was like, oh, oh. So I pulled over. I was like, well, at least he didn't wake him up, wake the girls up with the siren. And sure enough, this guy, he was younger than me, and I'm pretty young. He was younger than me. Son, why are you speeding today? Oh, man. Oh, it just got me, right? Like nails on a chalkboard. Son? Bro, come on, man. I'm 34. I got two kids back here. I'm older than you. I'm married. Been married for eight years. You could come, you could come up here with that son? Like, oh, I felt talked down to so much. But I just, I'm going to honor this guy. I don't get shot at on a regular basis at being a pastor, <laughs> right? Like, come on, man. Like, I got a pretty easy gig. This guy doesn't know if he's going home every day. Right? Like, I'm going to honor this guy. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You're exactly right. I didn't even realize I was speeding. I'm so sorry. And I played, like, trying to get some mercy, trying to get some grace. Let me get off this with a warning. No. No. 
They threw the book. And so anyway, but it was just like, man, it's not about this guy and his attitude, whether it's disrespectful or not. It's about honoring that position. God put this guy in authority to keep this road in Lewisburg safe. And he might have been flexing his muscles. Okay, but he was right. And I was out of alignment and I needed to be adjustments. So he adjusted me and they adjusted my, my pocketbook. Made some adjustments, and now I've adjusted my speed in accordance to all of that. And adjusting adjustments happened in my life. But this guy was just doing what he was supposed to do in authority. And so that's what Paul's telling us. Give everyone who you owe respect and honor. Give it to them. They're in authority. God put them in place. But I'm telling you, with that boss man, this is going to help somebody out. You've been wondering why you've been getting passed over for that promotion. This is about to make you attractive. Just like a pillar on a building, it's about to make you attractive. You ready? Write this down. If you will begin to honor those in authority, it will make your life attractive. People want to be around someone that's honorable. People want to be around and work for and serve someone that's honorable. And if you ever want to be over, you got to learn to be under. And that's going to start by showing honor to the authority God's put in your life. So with that boss, be respectful. Be honorable. What they're saying, the advice they're giving you, the corrections they're giving you, the rebukes or whatever, it's weighty, it's significant, and it matters. So receive it that way when you see them. Treat them with honor. Honor's free. Just give it away. Respect has to be earned. Honor your boss. And I'm telling you, as you begin to position your life full of honor, full of humility, full of grace, watch what begins to happen. Your life has got so much structure. It's got so much integrity. The virtues in your life just begin to get strong with honor. And before you know it, that boss man's looking around, who can I trust? Who can I trust? Boom. Something attractive about Miss Christie when she shows up at work. Everybody around her just begins to elevate. Everybody around her just gets better. Why? Because she carries herself with honor. And she gives it away freely with honor. That's how God's called us to live. All right, I'm going to give some free marriage advice. Yes, because I have a perfect marriage. No, because I'm trying and I'm a work in project. Ladies. If you don't like your husband or some of the things that he does, maybe he's not a great leader, honor him. I know it's hard. Honor him. Honor him. If you begin to treat him as ordinary or common, let me tell you how he's going to act. Ordinary or common. But if you'll honor him, if you'll honor him, God put him in your life to lead your family. Honor him. And at, But you say, no, 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 he doesn't deserve it. Freely. We give out honor. This ain't respect. This is honor. And I'm telling you, as he begins to feel honored, he will feel empowered to lead your family. You honor him, and you watch as he begins to grow into that honorable position. And he'll become everything that God called him to do. Why? Because you began to show honor. Husband, honor your wife. If you came to my office and you saw a basketball closed in in the plexiglass and a signature on it. Ooh, that's Michael Jordan. Ooh, man, I would really honor that basketball. It would be in my office set away where people couldn't touch it and smudge it and all that, right? It would be honored because it's got a way to it. But what if it was one of the three basketballs out in the driveway that gets rained on, gets muddy, it's dry, rotten, it's all cracking? Why? Because we didn't honor it. 
Husbands and wives, how do you treat each other? Do you treat each other like that Michael Jordan signature ball, enshrined, tucked away, protected? Or is it just so common that you can just kick the thing out of the way when it's in front of your car? How do we treat each other? How do we talk to each other? How do we see each other, husbands and wives? But this is bigger than husbands and wives. This is how you're going to honor your body, how you're going to honor yourself, how you're going to honor your future spouse. You don't just wake up and get married and have honor figured out. It starts in our, when we're single and we begin to learn how to live honorable lives. Hey, my purity is precious to me. I'm not just going to give it to anybody. I'm going to live my life honorably. I'm going to talk to you honorably, and I'm going to expect that you treat me with honor. And if you don't, deuces. Well, swipe left. Next. I don't know if it's right or left. I forget. That wasn't a thing when I was dating. Thank God. Oh, man, that's not the point of this at all. But I'm just telling you, husbands and wives, all of us, though, when relationships, if you begin to honor, people will feel empowered, and you'll get the very best out of them because they feel empowered to lead. Number three, our pastors and our church leaders. God has called us to honor our pastors and our church leaders. I know it sounds self-servant for me to say that. It sounds self-serving, but I'm telling you, man, this is the word of God. 1 Timothy 5.17, the elders who direct the affairs of the church are worthy of double honor, especially those who work as preaching and teaching. Of course you're going to say that. You're the pastor. Of course you're going to say that. But, but it's, not about, it's not about me. It's about the position of pastor. It's the position of shepherding. It's the position of trying to beat wolves off of your lives, right? It's about that position. It isn't about me or April. It's about that position. God knows that when we honor authority and we honor pastors and we honor church leadership, he knows that that's going to get the best into the church. A culture of honor full of faith believing the best. A culture of honor looking to just always empower and release because we live honorably. But as we begin to create that environment, God can accomplish everything he wants to accomplish. Honor creates an atmosphere where faith and miracles can thrive. Honor one another. Honor uh, the leaders over in kids. Honor them. Let's honor our worship team and, and their leadership by showing up on time. They worked hard for that first song that a lot of us never get to hear. Let's honor. I mean, come on, man. I'm just joking around. Don't, don't be offended. I love you. But you know what I mean? Let's honor them, man. They gave a lot of time practicing. Let's honor them with our time. Let's honor them. This is going to, let's honor the house of God, right? Let's honor. This is going to be a great investment in my time and my life. God's going to speak to me today. Um, these relationships at church are important. Let's honor them. Let's honor them. This is good. This is a weighty thing. This is life-changing if I'll let it. Let's honor it. And as we do that, I'm telling you, miracles happen. Destinies get reached. God gets us into the best that he's called for us. Why? Because we have a culture of honor. Man, I love to honor our dinner party leaders. And it's a simple way to honor them. I RSVP to the text they send out on Evite. Yes, I will attend. Yes, I will bring that item, right? I mean, it's simple. It takes like two seconds, but it's honoring of their time and the environment they're creating in their home, right? And it honors them. But let's honor. Let's not treat one another as common or invaluable. Let's, let's esteem each other. I love the way Romans 12 says this. Romans 12, 10, Paul says, love one another with brotherly affection outdo one another in showing honor. 
So here's the homework assignment from today. In light of all that's been shared, out of all the different verses about honoring your father and mother, honor those in authority, honor those who are in spiritual authority, pastors and church leaders. In light of all of that, what's the takeaway? Verse 10 of Romans 12. What are we to do? Outdo one another. Outdo one another. Outdo one another. Just outdo one another. There's something inside of us when I see someone being honorable to me that, oh man, I feel so good. Like that's like the best version of me. I want to give that back to you. I want to give that back to you. I want you to feel like the best version of yourself. Why? How? Honor, honor, honor. And Paul got that with the early churches he was writing to. He said, love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Because he knew for that little church plant, that little tiny seed of the gospel that had been planted, if we'll just pour on some honor, if we'll just stir up some faith, if we'll just cultivate an environment of empowering and releasing through honoring and seeing the best in people, this thing will grow. This thing will take off. This thing will reach the whole city of Rome. Are you kidding me? But his advice for the early church, love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. What do you do with that boss man that's just crazy? Honor him. What do you do with that police officer that calls you son? Honor them. What do you do with your spouse that you constantly feel like you're nitpicking each other? Honor them. And by doing that, you're honoring God that put them in your life. It's powerful. And as you begin to honor, I'm telling you, as you begin to honor and you just make that the habit of your life, just the pillar of your life, honor, you're going to see your relationships get better. You're going to see your interpersonal relationships at work thrive. You're going to see just so much of all that God has in store for you. You're going to see how you begin to walk into it because you honor the people around you. When you show up to that meeting five minutes early, completely prepared, not wanting to waste anybody's time, people are going to begin to take notice. may not happen on day one, but by day 30, they're going to notice. Man, that's how they roll. They show up with honor. They respect. They esteem this position. They esteem all of our time. Wow. Okay. And when it's promotion time, you better believe that the cream always rises to the top. Amen. We hope that you have been inspired and encouraged by today's message. For more info or to connect with us, check us out at c3citylight.com.